The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations, identifying the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends and create a strategic advantage for their business. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. Today, I'm delighted that our guest is Terry O'Fallon. Terry's focused the last 13 years of her working life learning and changing human systems as an applied researcher. She's worked with hundreds of leaders studying the interventions that most effectively result in developing leaders who are effectively implementing change. She has her Ph.D. in Integral Studies from California Institute of Integral Studies, She's the co-founder of two organizations. She and Kim Barta created Development Life Design, an organization focusing on how the stages developmental model can support insights into our growth as people, leaders, guides, coaches, and the kind of impact these insights can have on influencing individuals and human collectors or, or groups. She's also partnered with Jeff Fitch in Pacific Integral using the stages model to develop experiments in collective insights and developmental growth. And so that's really focusing on how leaders grow themselves and their organizations. And we'll talk more as we get into the interview about what the stages model is. And she's been doing these experiments for about 13 years. So this show, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, is designed for people who are dealing with the accelerating rate of change that we're facing as a society. And as we as leaders are are driving organizations, it's imperative that we continue to update how we think and lead at at least the same rate as the organizations we're leading. So most of us update our phones on a regular basis. Uh, I'm assuming most of our listeners don't still have flip phones. And yet many people are leading from the mindset and with the behaviors that they used when they did use a flip phone and when it was current. And so my invitation to everyone listening, whether you lead yourself, your family, your community, or a large complex organization or anywhere in between, is to listen for something that you can apply 
immediately within your context and experiment. So you may not be able to cut and paste something that Terry says into your world specifically, but certainly to modify it to apply to your life and see how it works. So, so we are all about leaders as scientists experimenting with new behaviors within ourselves, within our organizations to continue to become more effective. So the outcome of this session that we're looking for is to explore the characteristics of advanced organizations, and and we would call these maybe level five organizations using some of the Jim Collins nomenclature from good to great. They're also called strategist organizations or teal organizations, depending on what you're reading. And so what we know is a lot's been written about these kinds of leaders, level five leaders from Collins, strategist from uh, the work of Mike Morrow-Fox and Terry and uh, Susan Cannon and Suzanne Kogroder and Bill Torbert. So a lot of people writing about this idea of strategist leaders. And in the integral community, we talk about teal leaders and organizations all directionally similar. But what hasn't been written much about is what do the organizations look like when they take on those characteristics of a late-stage leader. And so Terry's going to talk about using the strategist or the stages model how does she use that to help organizations move toward these later stages? So, Terry, I am so delighted that you've joined us. Do you want to give any more background about yourself before we jump into the models? Let's just jump into it, uh, Maureen, and thank you so much. I am so delighted to be here, too. I always enjoy my conversations with you. Thank you, and likewise. And for our listeners, Terry has been one of my mentors for a number of years so I am just delighted to have my mentor and friend on a call, finally. So let's start with what's the stages model? We talked about it in the intro, but many people don't know what this is. Well, the stages model is uh, a, uh, a matrix that allows us to see how people and organizations grow up. Uh, it's based on the person perspectives, which uh, Suzanka Greuter uh, integrated into the developmental model, and it, granular, it puts some granularity to what those person perspectives actually mean. And this allows us to see uh, in the moment as we're engaging as leaders, as uh, coaches, as uh, uh, someone that is involved in organizational development itself, uh, to, to really see in the moment where uh, people are coming from and also what the organization is acting like. So uh, it's just got an, uh, a kind of a practical basis of operation, which is one of the things I like most about it. And it, is, it stands uh, in uh, conjunction with all of the other models of development that are so valuable. Each one of us have... Uh, a piece of a model that is uh, really very, very uh, unique, and I think that's the unique part of the stages model. So I, for listeners who aren't as familiar with this, I want to reference a Harvard Business Review model, The Seven Transformations of Leadership by David Rook and uh, Bill Torbert, and it was, I'm looking for the date, it was written in 
April of 2005. So again, if anyone is looking for references to what does this mean, these different kinds of leadership, it is from a, if you're a person running a business, it has been published in HBR. And Terry's model is very helpful in evaluating where people are, as she said, in taking a formal test and also in developing the ability to see not only where do I test long-term with my center of gravity, but also where am I behaving. So if we think about humans as very complex organisms, I may have the capacity to function at a very high level or advanced level, and there are some days I don't meet that capacity. And so, Terry, can you talk a little bit about what you mean by growing up? Well, uh, there's, there's uh, basically what we really mean by growing up is, is developing a robustness uh, of, of the different developmental levels that we uh, grow into and transform through. Uh, we know that a baby, for instance, grows and change. Everybody has an easy time seeing that. But what so many people don't understand is that, that we continue to grow up all of our lives. We continue to go through certain kinds of stages. And uh, some, of, some of the ways that we become robust in these stages is to grow not only vertically, which means growing up through the stages, but also horizontally and even diagonally so that we're like a little bit like um, blowing up a balloon rather than climbing a ladder. And uh, this really helps us develop all of the qualities that we have in our in our being and not just a, a few in order to, you know, climb to the top. So the more that we develop the robustness of and the wholeness of the person that we are, usually the happier we are, usually the better we lead and the more compassion we bring to to the work and also the wiser we get in terms of how we relate to money and all of the other things that you need to be aware of when you're engaging in organizational work. Thank you. You know, it's interesting because we talk about vertical development, but for many people that's not a term they relate to, that as leaders, just like small children, we, we have the capacity to continue to go up or expand our levels, and yet this is still not something generally taught in business school or in many universities in, in almost any department. And so it's still not yet a common frame of reference. It's so interesting to me because it's been over 100 years since research has been um, prevalent on this particular topic. Uh, you know, Baldwin, clear back in 1902, I believe, had some good research. We've had Piaget who has worked with, with it. And most people have heard of the developmentalists, but they don't think about how they how it applies to them as a person and how it actually is activated in us every single day. And once you recognize how it actually works within you, you can really put that skill and that capacity to very, very good use in your leadership, in your coaching, in your organizational work. It's a profound way to make a big, big difference. And I realize this show is about leadership, but also in parenting and other areas of life as well. That's right. Uh, it, what's so interesting is that 
uh, and this applies to organizations as well, but we can talk about it with parenting. For instance, you can see that a little child has a developmental level, and as a parent, you need to have certain kinds of skills, and those skills need to change as the child changes. You don't treat a, a uh, a two-year-old the way you treat a newborn and you don't treat a five-year-old the way you treat a two-year-old because they've grown through these different stages. So you as a parent tend to adapt your your uh, parenting based on how people, uh, how your children are growing up. Uh, as leaders in organizations, uh, we may notice that people grow and change as well, uh, but at times we don't realize that we can adapt our leadership uh, in the moment so that we can be a better leader for those people who are growing and changing and transforming. So this is, anytime you have any kind of relationship, this is likely to happen. So it's good to be uh, uh, in a space where you can kind of recognize when these transformations are occurring in other people and also uh, have some skill in noticing where they're transforming from and what they're transforming into as well have some skills of supporting them along the way and helping them become robust in the areas uh, that they are moving out of and also that they're moving into uh, so that they will be healthy and happy uh, and and, uh, well-rounded people, which is probably more important than that that they get to the latest stage of development. Uh, Having a well-rounded, robust uh, personality and capacity is is so so important when we're trying to engage in in work with other people. And that's something we don't think about in the role of the the boss or the coach. Often, especially boss, if the role of boss is to get work done, we don't also connect it with. In some cases, some people do this beautifully, but in many cases, we don't connect the role of helping our employees mature so that they can produce higher quality work and generate a better or more effective organization. That's right. That's right. Uh, You know, we we ourselves are in a developmental level, and each developmental level has a preference for a particular kind of leadership style. And so as long as you're at that developmental level, the tendency for people is to... Uh, simply uh, boss, as you mentioned, according to the level that that feels uh, the leadership style that feels right for them at that level, and um, it doesn't take that much learning to understand that that kind of leadership may affect different people differently, and to learn how to adapt uh, uh, based on the people that you're working with. That adaptability is a very important thing when we are thinking about organizational development and especially when we get to the complex adaptive systems because the systems themselves are adaptive. And if the leader is not adaptable, then, of course, the organization isn't as, as proficient or capable as, as it would be. So adaptability is one of the key points of, of good leadership. And, and uh, since it is a key point... Uh, it is, it's important to be adaptable not only for the organization but for the people inside of the organization and, and all the systems and, and it's the organization's relationship to other organizations outside of it because there's always relationships that go on. So being adaptable is, is a key skill uh, 
for a leader in this uh, in this day and age and at this time in in history. So I love the connection, and we'll come back after break and talk about this. But the idea that many of the systems in which we operate have to be complex adaptive systems, whether or not we want them to be, for the organization to thrive, it needs to deal with the complexity of the context in which it operates and continually sense into what needs to change and it needs to adapt itself, or we as the leaders of the organization need to adapt it. And that happens most effectively if we're adapting ourselves in response to the system and in leading the system, kind of co-evolving. Absolutely. It makes a very big difference as to how that organization succeeds. So when we come back, let's talk about, we talked a little bit about humans go through these stages of development. We've not talked much about organizations do also, and I think that's, going to be a really interesting part of the conversation is how do we help organizations evolve as we evolve ourselves. So we will be right back from break. We're joined by Terry O'Fallon, and this is Maureen Metcalf, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. And Terry runs, co-runs the organization Developmental Life Design. We'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. Or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. This is Maureen Metcalf, and today I'm joined by Terry O'Fallon, and we're talking about how individuals and organizations move through the levels of maturity and how Terry works with them using her framework and assessment called the Stages Model. So we talked a little bit about how individuals grow, and certainly in, in, as parents we see young children, and that makes sense, and that as leaders we continue to go through those stages and there are names for each stage, and we can evaluate what it looks like at each one, we often haven't thought about organizations also, quote, grow up or go through these stages of maturity, and often they get stuck. So, Tara, can you talk a little bit about what that looks like and what it means? Yes. Um, One of the things about uh, collective behavior is that they have some similar uh, qualities as people have. Uh, And the biggest one that I note all the time is that organizations have habits. Uh, You know, this is the way things are done around here. They're normative habits, and these habits are so often so... uh, uh, undercover, we don't really see them, but we do know if we've broken one of those norms. So um, that's one of the ways that, pe- that organizations get stuck. At first, when you have an organization, it you know it, it tends to be looser and a little more entrepreneurial, and there's a freshness about it. And the longer it's uh, in uh, operation, these normative habits start settling in without people even realizing it. This is the way things are done around here. And the, the, you'll know when one of those norms have been violated if somebody comes in and starts breaking them because right away, you know, that person is, is scrutinized and, and people feel that, that something is terribly wrong. So um, the thing about, about these normative habits, some people call it autopoiesis, is that that they settle in and they're very hard to uh, change. Uh, this is actually the uh, main reason we have what people call glass ceilings. Uh, there are certain uh, normative processes that uh, allow people to go so far and only so far, and then if they try to go any further, something feels terribly wrong to everybody in the whole organization because it's out of character of what's happened before. And so those people tend to um, be ejected. Either they're fired or they are so miserable in their job that they leave or they just quietly be quiet and just do their job and don't say what they really think and feel. So the, 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 the thing that stops organizations from growing is uh, uh, this process of, of building a, um, a glass ceiling on, on the level of the organization that, that you won't allow people to go beyond. Now, if you get to the teal level, if you have a teal leader or if you have a, a lot of people in your organizations that are teal, 
and they see that things develop. They see themselves developing. They see other other people developing. They have a build a culture of development. Uh, oftentimes, that habit will be a, a more of a uh, an open-ended, vertical kind of habit. In other words, it's a norm for people to grow and change, and people don't get bothered if they see a lot of changes in somebody. But that's very, very rare. We don't see that hardly anywhere yet. And that, so to me, let is... Let me stop you for just a second, because uh-huh. I'm imagining many listeners don't know what it means to be teal. So yes. can you explain that and then go back into that there's not meant not much of it yet? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, the, the strategist level, which is named Teal or Level 5 Leader, is probably the cutting edge today of, of leadership. And basically, it is a level that, that stands back and sees that people develop and sees that organizations grow up and etc. You see that uh, these uh, um, this, this growth pattern is occurring and that's the early part of of this of this strategist or teal process and uh once people get this understanding then they're more tolerable towards people that break the norms because they can look at them and say well they broke the norm and they may need to have some uh buddy talk to them about it but on the other hand maybe that was broken in a way that is going to help our organization maybe uh, even though we feel very uncomfortable with all of this, we can look and see if if we really opened up to what somebody is saying or to the way that the organization was growing, uh, maybe we actually will will get better at what we're doing. And so it, it requires that we get have some tolerance towards uh, differences and tolerance towards dissonance. Uh, and actually learn to enjoy and and encourage uh, variant ideas besides the ones that we think should be there. So that is that's what happens when you start recognizing the value of of growing up and developing. And uh, um, in that early level, that is the one area that will support the breaking of a glass ceiling. But that's the first level, only the first level, because. Uh, even even when you have uh, a, a norm of allowing people to grow and develop, you still may not see what we call the organizational shadow. And uh, that's the more mature part of an organization where they can actually see that. I can give you an example of, of that. Uh, if you have, uh, for instance, you might have, if you're a large, larger organization, you may have many, many different departments. Some of them have to deal with other departments, but your department may actually be, be as big as a whole organization itself, and you have your own norms and processes that you work with, and yet you need to work with another part or another department. So you, as your, your whole department might, uh, look at this other department as being inferior or as not being as accepting or whatever it is that you think uh, might be going on with that other department. But oftentimes there are clashes between different departments or, or different different parts of an organization where some people think that it needs to, things need to be done this way, other people think they need to be done another way. Um, this is this is a, is a, one of the big struggles that we have in organizations and in any kind of collective. 
But if you are a wise collective, you will look at your department and say, what is it that we're saying about that other department? And then before you make any accusations about the other department, you write all that stuff down, and then you examine to see whether you yourself are doing that in your own department without even realizing it. This is a very common thing. It, it is a shadow uh, that, that we often hold that's unconscious as a group of people, and we don't see that, that we actually are doing it ourselves. Maybe not in exactly the same way, but in some way, and it's much easier for us to blame some, some other department for something we don't want to see in ourselves. When you get a whole collective like that, you'll find some very often difficult uh, relationships going on. Now, they can uh, do this uh, projecting also on a single person. Uh, somebody new comes in and they're seeing something that they're seeing, the, you know, the norm that is, is maybe ineffective. They start raising questions about it. The people don't like it. It feels uncomfortable. They, they don't want to recognize or it's uncomfortable for them to recognize something like that. And so uh, usually the chilly uh, pushing away of that person will put them in a place where they either have to move to another part of the organization or they uh, conform to the new norm or they uh, leave uh, um, unless the, there is some sort of recognition that uh, even if it's uncomfortable, this person may be telling us the truth about ourselves and that we need to examine ourselves. And so, so uh, that's the second way. The third way is that sometimes there are actual jobs in the organization themselves that hold the shadow even when people aren't in them. And that's the kind of position that where you'll find people uh, uh, coming in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out of that position. And that is because that position is a, uh, a position in which the rest of the organization can do their projecting and then they don't have to look at themselves. Now, this is not an easy kind of thing for any kind of organization to do because it talks... You're forced to to examine yourself in ways that's un, that is uncomfortable. But a more mature organization will be able to do that. And uh, they also will recognize that they may be projecting on other organizations as well, not just themselves, but on other organizations and saying and having feelings about other organizations that are not as, uh, you know, that they, that they feel that they don't, they don't have the, you know, they have something in themselves that that uh, that that our organization doesn't like. Okay, so, so that, Chair, let me step yeah. in right here, just because this is a pretty complex topic. It took me a long time to um, even feel like I had a bit of a grasp on it. So I I want to um, explore it a little further. So so one of the elements of being, and correct me because I'm going to try to restate, one of the elements of one of these later stage organizations is we're able to examine ourselves as people and our, ourselves as the group and identify where we're uh, being effective and ineffective, not only in the technical work we're doing, but how we relate to each other. Is that the first part of doing the shadow work? Yes, uh, it, yes, it really is. It's being willing to sit in this uncomfortable place and realize that you may be 
culpable uh, in your own behavior without knowing it. No, unintentionally, this is an unintentional thing. People are, are, it's a blindness that we all have. And I, I can tell you that it is complex. And yet, this is what uh, we're, we're going to be moving more and more into in complex adaptive systems, which are very hard to stay away from these days because of the way that our world operates now. And uh, so these shadow elements can be very, very difficult to, to work with, and they can be hard to understand. And uh, so a leader is, is uh, it, it's very, very helpful if they can get some uh, training and understanding in how this happens in organizations uh, and how it happens in themselves and build a lighthearted attitude around uh, examining these uncomfortable areas so that they can have an organization that actually has uh, uh, an ethic around what what is the right way to not only uh, build a bottom line, but what is the right way to, in our view, ethical way to be in the world so that, so that we uh, spread uh, things that are positive in the world uh, rather than uh, unintentionally uh, allow things to move along in the world that that are are not that are building things that are not so positive. So my question then, so say I have an interaction with a colleague, and I'm thinking of something that happened yesterday for me, where I was a bit cranky with someone who did something that I thought was not useful. And so the first question for me should be, is it me or them? What's, what's well, my part in this? Yeah, what I would say is, uh, you know, uh, without, I'm just going to ask you a question. I, you don't have to answer it, but, but uh, uh, say to yourself what it was that you thought that person was doing. Do you have yeah, it? Yeah, not, not meeting expectations. Uh, okay, so have you ever not met expectations? Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. see how that's in you? What you're accusing them of is in you. And the you know, and so most of us don't meet expectations, and yet we get triggered when somebody else doesn't, not realizing that we do the same thing ourselves all the time. So this is what a projection is. It's not, uh, you know, it's not easy to find because we, when when we are trying to avoid something in ourselves, we we find it in everybody else. And organizations will do this too. Departments will do this. When you clear that up in yourself or even find it in yourself, what you find is that you recognize that you are a human being just like the other human being, that you have something in common with them. And because you have something in common with them, you can actually appreciate them for, for the, the, the very humanness that they have. It can, uh, it can settle down the ripples that you have with other people when you recognize that in this one way you might be alike. And it's not just that there is a, a shadow that is is a, a struggle. Sometimes we give away our best parts, too. We have what we call golden shadows. If you do, uh, imagine somebody that you care about, that you, that you think are, is very, very uh, successful. So, Maureen, name, uh, 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 think, think to yourself about somebody, that, uh, a leader, that you have the most amazing uh, appreciation for. Mm-hmm. You're okay. one of them, so yes. So, so can you tell me what that quality is, what those qualities are that you wish you had? A commitment to 
consistently delivering high-quality, well-researched value. So, Maureen, do you have that in you? I do. You do? I'm not not sure I'm as effective as you, but I do have that commitment. (laughs) That's the thing, you know. Uh, Oftentimes we give our best qualities away. We don't recognize we have those qualities. So projection is not... It's neutral. It, it's anything that you think about somebody else, you can turn it back to yourself right away and see. We also do this collectively is what I'm trying to say in an organization okay. when you've got a whole big bunch of people uh, activating these, these kinds of uh, uh, unconscious material. Uh, it can cause some struggles in organizations. This happens all the time. And part of being complex and adaptive is this very thing, is, is how we're engaging, not only individually, but as a collective, as a collective with new people coming into our departments or into our organizations, as a collective dealing with other departments, as a collective dealing with other organizations. And uh, so it's, it's, uh, uh, this is just one way that we can start really uh, allowing ourselves to be uncomfortable uh, and, and doing it lightheartedly with a smile on our face saying, oh, my gosh, yeah, we do this too, and then you can do something about it. Otherwise, Perfect. you can't, and that never changes, and you're never adapting then. So let's and that's take a break point. here, Terry. Pardon? Let's take a break here. Okay. And we'll come back and talk a little bit more about how do we adapt. So this is Maureen Metcalf and Terry O'Fallon, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. 
Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You're listening to Maureen Metcalf and Terry O'Fallon. Terry's the co-founder of Development Life Design and also Pacific Integral. And we're talking about how individuals develop and evolve and also how organizations do and why this later stage or more developed capacity is so important in complex adaptive systems and how it allows us as leaders of those organizations to ensure that they are responding to environmental pressures and allowing us to meet our our missions. And so Terry was talking about before the break how I as an individual, and we used me as an example, can when something feels like it's not working effectively, how do I examine myself and see where I'm playing a role in that challenge? And so asking the, the simple question, is that issue also in you? And in most cases it is. And that allows me to adapt and respond and treat someone with more compassion. So not that I don't still need to correct the challenge if it is, in fact, an, an appropriate challenge that it's mine to fix. But then if we take that to an organizational level, are we having a struggle with another department? And yes, we have these issues too. And so how do we collectively or collaboratively resolve a a joint challenge without placing blame or fault, but really with the, the spirit of for us to continue to grow and evolve, we need to troubleshoot. Is that accurately, Terry, capturing the idea of shadow? And please build on on if I've mis- misstated or just been incomplete. No, I think you've done a really good job here, Maureen. Uh, you know, it just takes a, a little bit of a shift of mind for people to kind of come to an agreement that that they will spend some time engaging together with these kinds of issues. And the, a perfect time to do that is in some time, in some ways to do that when you start feeling, when you first start feeling some sort of dissonance is to just simply make a list of what it is that is causing that dissonance. You can do that by yourself or you can do that as a, as a group and just have everybody name it. Put it up on the wall and say, how are we and are we and how are we doing these? Let's really look deeply and see whether or not this is something that we ha- can own ourselves. And if it is something, what are we going to do about it? 
So that can be a, a, a just one small step moving in the right direction. And what seems different about this than a traditional approach, at least to me as we're talking and, and actually as I practice it, is typically I would put the problems up on the board and then go tell them how to fix it rather than saying, how am I responding emotionally and how am I contributing to this in the process and also in the way I am being my presence as a leader, how I show up influences how people respond to me. That, that's really true. And the leader is, if, if you're a leader in an organization, you're in a unique place. And if you are a, a strategist or teal leader, you can do some other things besides just look at the, the things that are irritating you and then trying to change them. What you can actually do is step back and look at the system itself and say, oh my gosh, it looks to me like there are three or four tweaks we could put in the way that we operate here uh, so that our system would, would be a little bit better than it is now. And a leader can, can really uh, design the environment uh, in, in very real ways, not only physically but emotionally and, and uh, in presence. And uh, the unique thing about a teal leader, and this is a more mature teal leader, is that they can make those tweaks and see if it changes the atmosphere and the, the way that people behave inside of that change that you made. But then you also step inside of the change to yourself and see, is this changing me? If it's going to change them, is it changing me in a positive way? Have I made a change in the organization in such a way that it not only changes other people, but it will also come back and, and make me a better person? And that, by feeling the, the actual change that this makes in you yourself, uh, you're much more apt to understand how your workers feel uh, with with that uh change that, you, that, that you're trying to, to make presence. And, of course, you can always ask for input from people, but that's one, one thing that a teal leader uh, might want to do because they can see those gaps in the system that, that need changing. You know, one of the phrases I like, and it probably came from Ron Heifetz's work, was, am I working the problem or is the problem working me? Mm-hmm. And so the idea of this, again, complex adaptive systems is I can't, quote, work them and solve everything as a problem to be fixed. But in fact, in, in the process of solving that problem, I actually need to be different to allow me to solve it. That's right. That's right. So uh, kind of know. an Einstein thing that says I can't solve a problem from the same mindset in which I created it. Yes. <laughs> And and just stepping back and noticing where things are not going well and then trying, this is the experiment part of all of this, trying a, a small experiment to see whether or not it changes the atmosphere uh, and then step into the organization yourself and see if you can feel the change to see mm-hmm. whether or not really can make, make that that change is being effective enough to actually change you as well. So let me ask you a question from, I'm assuming some of our listeners are saying, you know what, this sounds really like way too much work. I've got stuff to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, Why would I care about this crap? 
I, I have results to produce, and it sounds like a diversion of my energy. And yet, you and I both see it as an important investment. Yes, I, I definitely do, because... Um, Dissonance in an organization is is going to be a drag on your work. Uh, it's in a way, it's like, uh, it, and I use this this uh, particular metaphor quite a bit, but it's like your organization or you as a leader. It's like you've got a rubber band around your waist, and the other side of the rubber band is around a tree, and this is the shadow. Mm. And you start walking, and you walk, and you walk, and you walk, but pretty soon you can't go any farther because that rubber band just simply won't stretch any further. So if you can heal the shadow and cut the rubber band, the freedom and the working atmosphere makes you much more efficient and proficient, and that's the important part of things. It's a little bit different than goal orientation. Uh, goals are really a wonderful thing, but at this level, people work more with principles, uh, and, and that gives them way more latitude for creativity uh, when they work with the ethics of, of, of principles and put their, their aim within a set of, of uh, principles that, that they are unwilling to go outside of. And that oftentimes will help relax the, the dissonance also. But between the shadow, uh, whether it's their positive or, or whether it's uh, um, a struggle, uh, and the guiding principles, an organization can uh, become very, very efficient and incredibly adaptable. Uh, much more so than if if you don't have principles and if you don't deal with these other issues because they will hold you back eventually. So let me ask, we're talking about goal orientation and, and I understand principles. I have a set of principles by which I operate and yet as a, especially a large complex organization, I probably do have um, stockholder requirements. There were very specific expectations from the people who fund me, my bankers, my shareholders, if I'm, I'm publicly held, it, it seems that I still need some kind of goals. Well, it, it doesn't. It transcends and includes goals. It doesn't take goals ah. away. It just okay. allows point. you to, uh, to build flexibility into what they are. Uh, my experience is that if people, people look five years into the future, they plant a goal down. They say we're going to get there, and then uh, you know along the way something happens environmentally, or it happens uh, you know so that the the whole context has changed. And uh, if they insist on on continuing on that way without even uh, uh, adapting, a lot of times they they will get to their goal, but uh, the goal is a very unsatisfactory place to reach once they so get there. So we still need goals, but we just hold them differently. Yes. Okay. Yes. Again, I'm thinking, of, thinking of some of our listeners who are saying, I can't run a business without goals. Of course so, not. No. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to clarify, because I know you and I have used a lot of this language, and yet for somebody who isn't familiar with how we talk about things, we could sound like um, we don't know what we're doing. Well, you know, goals are important. 
the thing is, is that can you be adaptable with them? Can you be wise enough by looking at the context that we're putting those goals into? And if you have a goal that's going to take five years, my goodness sakes, the, the fast-changing nature of, of reality these days, uh, we don't even know in two years what's going to be coming up. So we have to be adaptable, not only as leaders, but we have to be adaptable with our targets, too, because it may well be that, that uh, five years out, uh, what we targeted five years ago simply doesn't even exist anymore, or uh, an opportunity that is way more appropriate is going to come up, and uh, we miss it because we can't see that a little adaption here or there is going to make a very big difference. So uh, we we have an aim that we want to want to do, and uh, 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 the the sense of putting a goal inside of a set of principles, and then making your organization with the people part of your organization running very very smoothly by supporting uh, the uh, uh, shadow uh, elimination and. Uh, uh, the the work with uh, ethical principles will make such a a much more um, efficient and effective and pleasant organization to work in. Okay, so I'm going to try to wrap us up at this point, and let's see if I can um, summarize in a way that captures this. And please jump in to fill in any gaps. So. We're, we're talking about later stage, so uh, moving through adult development, and I like this idea of the rubber band or the balloon that I, to be able to operate in this very complex environment, we need complex adaptive systems, and one of the character, well, a few of those characteristics of complex and adaptive are I, as the leader, am changing along with implementing changes in my organization. So I really look at how am I thinking and behaving, and how do I adjust my own self to be more effective? So I have to be looking at shadow. I'm holding my goals, the goals of the organization differently, and focusing more on principles. And all of these, along with many other elements, will allow us as an organization and me as an individual leader to adapt much more quickly and efficiently So to answer the question, why do I want to do this, work so hard to do some of this new literary stuff, is it is the only way that organizations will adapt quickly enough to the challenges they face in this current context. So Terry, if someone wants to reach you and either take the stages model or learn, stages assessment or learn more about the models, where would they contact you? Uh, They would contact me at... Uh, uh, Terry at developmentallifedesign.com or they can go to the website www.developmentallifedesign.com that developmental life design is all one word okay. and uh, that that's how how they can get in touch with, with us. So Terry T-E-R-R-I yes. at deve- developmentallifedesign.com Thank yeah, you. It's Developmental a long word. But <laughs> and this is Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. And my invitation to all of you as listeners is read some of Terry's work. Learn more about how, how we as individuals and how as leaders 
we move through these stages and how do we apply them to our organizations so that they can adapt and we can adapt and thrive and meet our objectives in the world. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 